0: It's the 9th of April 2022, so the training of our mind is something that's very important and for all of us, having been born already, we wish for happiness And none of us want to suffer, but the happiness that we gain becomes the cause for suffering to arise. And if we don't meditate, if we don't practice, then we just meet with the same old suffering like we always have. And even though we may have many, many possessions, these are just external things. Like how some people think, if they get very wealthy, they get a lot of money then they're going to really get happiness from that. But upon gaining it, they don't really gain anything. If we have things then we have a lot of difficulty. And we have to use these things to support our lives in order to get them, we need to study, we need to get knowledge, we need to work in order to be able to keep these khandhas, keep this body going And So there is this suffering that comes from seeking out these requisites for life And then we often compare ourselves to others thinking that I've got less than they do, they've got more than me and we see other people and we think that they're happy And then we look at ourselves and think, I'm so full of suffering, I'm so sad And We make these comparisons between ourselves and others and this is conceit It's all about self It's all concerned with me and mine But it's something that's quite natural So where do the defilements um, arise from? When the eye sees a form, then there is proliferation that arises There's a sense of liking towards that or disliking towards that and then there's this proliferation that comes on If we like something then um, the mind proliferates If we dislike something, then there's also uh, proliferation But in neither of these cases um, is there peace of mind There's just this inner chaos, this inner turbulence And So when we have eyes, we have ears, nose, tongue, body and mind and then there are these things which enter in through them and there are the various sights and sounds and odors, tastes, tactile sensations and thoughts, emotions And So these come in and then there is attachment to those as being me, as being mine And if we don't have mindfulness and wisdom or if that's insufficient, then these will really stir the mind up so we need to try to be ones who are frugal, of few wishes, content with what they have. But that doesn't mean that we don't have any wishes. It's just that we're happy with what we get. And this is something that's important, and something that we need to train our minds in that requires endurance as well. and Just like how monks practice and train. and We really need to set our hearts on this practice, really take it for real. That At the very least we're going to meditate for five hours a day, eight hours if possible. And if we can do that then the results of our practice will arise. Because we've been putting forth effort and this freedom from suffering arises due to the effort that we put in. We don't just allow the days and nights to pass by without any benefit, in a kind of purposeless way. Because these days and nights, they go by so quickly. And if we look back, uh, back across our lives, to um, that it's surpassed already, maybe it's 30 years that have passed, 40, 50, 60 years that have passed already. can look back to the time when we were students, kindergarten students, or in primary school, or high school, or maybe at university. And then we pass through all of those levels, and went off to work, and in no long time we find ourselves at the age of 60. So days and nights, they go by like this. They go by very quickly. And if we don't train our minds, then our minds just stay the same old way. So we've been born into this life and we've met with the teachings of the Buddha which are really incredible things and we want to gain purity of mind but if we don't practice that's not going to happen, it's impossible and it's just liking and disliking and the mind just exists with the laces in this way So training our minds is something that's very important and even more so for the monastics Because having come to ordain you have to sacrifice a lot and that's not easy And sometimes we can really think about this a lot and you kind of ponder this over, think about every aspect before we ordain what it's going to be like And so for myself I kind of thought about this a lot, I almost kind of obsessed over it What would it be like ordaining? How was I going to stay on as a monk? If I got sick, then who would look after me? How would I be cured? If problems came up, then what would I do? Would I be able to last as a monk? Could I stick it out? And So I thought about things, everything from every angle. But when I kind of gathered it all together, then I thought, well, if I die, then I die, and that's fine. So we have to sacrifice everything. And by everything, and, you know, all the things that we have, the possessions we have, it may not be a lot, but it's a lot for us. So for the monks to ordain, that's not easy. We need to throw away the world in order to gain the Dhamma. We need to train our minds. And so those who are intent on uh, this practice, well, they listen to the teachings of their mother and father teacher. Um, saying in Thai, Po it's like both teacher and mother and father. And then we take those teachings to practice. And through that we wear away at the defilements We bring up our endurance We develop our sila by means perfection of virtue Taking up this celibate life uh, The brahmacharya And it's not easy to do that We need to toss away the things that we like the most in order to ordain Because if we are still Bound by the things of this world, then we won't be able to get ourselves free. If we're still attached to our possessions, our wealth, our work, our duties, or people that we love, and there's anxiety and worry that comes up, then we won't be able to leave. So the Buddha taught about the benefits of generosity and of virtue. He talked this to Venerable Yasa, and he had already developed these qualities of Dana and Sila to a complete level. The benefits of this is that of heaven, of happiness. You get happiness in this world. So there's there's happiness. There's a kind of happiness in the world, the happiness that we gain from sights and sounds and tastes, odors, tactile sensations. But there's a higher happiness than that. Which is the happiness of heaven, and that's what comes through our generosity and our virtue. So they say, "Sila sīle silena bhoga sampada." That sila is uh, the vehicle, the means to happiness and to wealth, and that's the benefit that we get from. Generosity from Sila. Or on the lunar observance days, then we can set our hearts that on this day, on these days once a week, that we'll keep the five precepts or the eight precepts. And this is the Burami that we're building up and collecting here, and something that belongs to us, raising up our spiritual virtues. And so we put down our duties, we put down our work for one day and set our hearts on the practice, on chanting a lot, on meditating a lot, on having a lot of mindfulness. And in order to do this, to chant, to meditate, to establish mindfulness, that requires our effort. But we do that and we don't retreat. We set our hearts on it. But it's not the case that as soon as we are sincere in meditating that our hearts are suddenly going to become pure. But rather what happens is that we see into the drawbacks of having a heart that's stirred up and chaotic. So like before, for example, maybe we or maybe someone slept very well. They didn't have any worries or anxieties. But then one day something came up and they couldn't get to sleep. Their minds were so full of worry, so full of these anxious thoughts. And so then they could see the suffering, this noble truth of suffering, and could ask themselves, Well, why is the suffering coming to me? And to see whether their hearts have any foundation, whether they have a refuge, And so this is the noble truth of suffering that is arising And we have suffering like this because of our attachments Attachment to me and mine So we try to find a path out of this suffering And that path is the Dhamma of the Buddha And that's the only thing that's able to help us So we see with those who have intelligence We study these teachings of the Buddha they read these teachings and then they put the teachings into practice. And having done that, then they will see and understand these teachings in line with what they've read. But it's, we also need to find other people who have practiced already as well. We need to have practitioners as friends and they help to motivate us to find knowledge. We need to try and find monks who have gained understanding themselves and who know the right path of practice, and this makes it much easier for us to go along. So it's quite difficult to find this though, to find someone who has practiced well themselves and who can point us along the right path, who have gained clear knowledge themselves. And then sometimes as we walk along this, then. We try to find knowledge ourselves as well, but initially that may not be so clear. And sometimes we may get into arguments with our friends who are practicing, these arguments about samatha and vipassana, about tranquility and insight meditation. You can say, "Well, I practice vipassana and you practice as samatha," and this vipassana is better because it gains because through that we gain clear knowledge you gain wisdom, but the reality is that both of them go together. The samatha is that which leads to peace of mind, and that's something that we need. We need to cultivate this inner peace. And we do that through these methods of samatha, whether it's reciting Buddha, Dhamma or Sangha, or training the mind to be with the breath, to be mindful of the in and out breath. So whatever it is that brings about this peace, then we should do that, try and calm our minds down. And when we can bring the mind to peace, then vipassana, insight, it's not difficult to do. We study into the nature of physical and mental things and see how they're changing, how they're inconstant. And when we can understand this with clarity, that there is vipassana. So as monastics, we need to take the lead. We need to really take it for real, to not hold back. So we see how some people, monastics, laity, they can study for 10 hours a day. So we need to train ourselves to meditate for 10 hours in the space of one day. To have a lot of mindfulness, to not retreat. To not um, be... Pulled by these emotions that arise within our hearts. And sometimes there are meritorious things that arise, and there sometimes harmful things that arise, demeritorious things, that we put all of these down, see them as being normal. And it's not that as soon as we start practicing we're going to be able to put down all of the defilements. That's not how it is. We need to consistently put in effort. When these defilements arise, then we abandon them and see them as being anicca and dukkha anatta, as constant, and stressful and not-self. Use our wisdom to develop samadhi. Bringing up these factors of vitaka, vichara, sukha, ekakadā, so this initial and sustained application of the mind in joy and pleasure and its one-placedness, one-pointedness. So for some people when they make merit, and, then, and they do this through faith, then the joy can arise within their hearts to the point where tears start flowing or their bodies start to sway back and forth. And there's this great sense of inner contentment and this happiness of heart and this is joy that's arising. And this joy helps to nourish our hearts. And it's like a tree that's been rained on and it looks very green and fresh. And so this peace that we experience inside and the joy that we get, this works to nourish our hearts to give our hearts more and more energy. And this piti, joy, it's a or it's one of the factors for awakening. It's one quality of the seven qualities and that brings us to knowing the Dhamma. So monastics need to train, need to put in effort, need to be constantly reminding and cautioning ourselves, asking ourselves, do we delight in seclusion? Are we reflecting upon old age, sickness and death, and how these things will come to us? Is our sila complete? You reflect how we depend upon the laity in order to live our lives? That we shouldn't be heedless? That we should really take this on? Because it's not sure. And sometimes people who ordained at quite an old age, they can know the Dhamma, They can see the Dhamma and that's possible because they're being heedful. So there's one monk who ordained at the age of 60 and he would do walking meditation for five hours at a time. And some of the other monks asked, well, how can you do this? And he said, well, it's not sure. I don't know when I'm going to die, but it's probably going to be fairly soon. And he kept on doing this walking until um, he got very ill and the results of some old karma came up and then he died but he died with effort, with his practice and so for us we need to set our hearts on this whether monastics or laity, we be sincere in this practice because this opportunity that we have now that we've been born into this life that we've met with the teachings of the Buddha is a very great opportunity and so may you set your hearts on using it to the best.